Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through June 11th. It's a bit of a quiet week here in the skating world. Um, I'm back from Stars on Ice, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, just kind of a quiet week altogether. Yeah, I think it's the calm before the storm because the summer competition season is starting and we're going to be pretty busy with following all the results that are coming out from those competitions. But we did post an interview this past week with Chris Kinnearum. Of course, Chris has a lot going on with the Oakton skating academy that he is working on and all the announcements that they have been making regarding pairs um it's been very exciting to see what they've been up to and it was fun to talk to chris about this next step yeah yeah i feel like we haven't really got to hear about his new gig and so this was nice to have the opportunity to hear about not only what he's doing at the rink, but also about his move, you know, a house that he's redoing and um, and Alexa coming to join him and his coaching team. So it was just nice to get a little update from him. And then also he kind of really talked about the state of pairs too. And we continued that discussion about pairs. And I think Daphne and I agree that we it's still something we want to keep doing, um, bringing on different people to talk about pairs. Um, and just shine a light on that discipline. Definitely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We really haven't heard much from Chris after he retired. He's been busy coaching, so this was great to kind of give him an opportunity to share what he's been up to and, like you said, talk a bit about pairs, and we will be continuing that discussion in the future. But Gina, why don't you tell us... A little bit about Stars on Ice. Yeah, so I went to the final Stars on Ice show uh, last Sunday in Hershey. Um, So it was Kurt Browning's um, final show. And I knew that going in that it was going to be a sad one. Um, I was there for the pre-show before um, to do some interviews. And one of them has already been posted, but I have one more coming. And I'll talk about that at the end when I do our FSO spotlight. But um, the pre-show was very much, you could tell the skaters knew it was the end and they were, they didn't do much of anything on the pre-show other than pretty much take photos. Um, So they were constantly taking photos with each other. It was a really good show. I had a really good time as always. It was, I was crying. Um, there one point in the show where Kurt is, it's to the song to build me a home. And as you know, that song is so overused, maybe is the word to say in the skating world. And so when it first came on, I, I've been, so with ev- all the other shows that happened with Stars on Ice, I wasn't really paying attention to who was skating to what or looking at any of those fan videos. So when that song first came on, I knew nothing about what I was going to see. Um, I just was like, oh, really, that song? And it got to the point, it like towards the end, where all of the teams and skaters were in like their own little separate area and a spotlight was on them. 
and Kurt went over to each one individually and spent like a few moments with them. And it was either they were giving each other a hug, a fist pump. It, that was when I started crying, bawling, um, because it felt like a passing of the torch. It just mm-hmm. felt like he was, because then as soon as he finished that, he ended with Alyssa and him and Alyssa skate off and the rest, you know, then come behind. And it just, it was just like I said, a, a passing of a torch. Um, And so, yeah, that was where I lost it because um, I've grown up watching Kurt like many of our listeners have. Um, And it just, to see him, you know, end his performing career and now move on to doing something else. And we know he's going to do something with adults. He talked about that. Um, You know, it's just sad. And um, so, yeah, but it was a great show. If you got to see the tour, I know it was short here in the U S it was like only like 10 cities and it's on the off when it's a non an Olympic year. Sometimes it's not, you know, a big tour like a lot of people the crowds are small uh but i think the it being kurt's final one brought a lot of people i saw people wearing old stars on ice shirts with kurt's face on them um yeah it, so if you had an opportunity i'm i'm sure you enjoyed it but yeah um so until next year stars on ice but i do have still stars on ice stuff coming and i'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. Well, that sounds great. I did not get to see the tour this year. It did not come to Portland. I was hoping that some... for It always ended in Portland. For years, it ended in Portland. And we kind of talked about that yeah. with Kurt when we had him on. And they just haven't been coming here for the last probably five or six years. And... I'm disappointed by that because I know the Portland fans really enjoyed it. Yeah. I have to say it's harder and harder for me to even go sometimes. Um, Hershey is usually the closest for me. Sometimes we've had Albany in the mix, um, but it's usually Hershey. And that's a good four and a half hour drive from me. And I did this. I went down Sunday morning and turned around and came back Monday morning. I stayed over Sunday night. There was no way I was doing another four and a half hours after the show. But it's a lot. And so if you're not willing to get in a car and drive to go see a show that's out of your city, it's harder for you to see it. And so I remember, again, the days of just a 10-minute drive for me downtown to see the show Um, those days are now gone. And so, yeah, I, I feel you with that, um, that there's not something, a show that was near you. And I, I, most of the time I feel for the people in the middle of the U S the Midwest, there's rarely a show that comes anywhere near there. Um, I know like Mara from FSO, she never gets to see a show. She's in Tennessee and there's nothing really close to her that's, in a doable driving um, distance. And then of course, you know, the expense of not only driving, but if you're going to do hotels and stuff like that, and people don't necessarily have the means to do that. Um, so yeah, hopefully maybe <laughs> it would be able to expand again. Um, but I don't know, but yeah, 
I miss the days of when it was like, and, and Kurt talked about that when a tour was how many cities <laughs> instead of just three weeks in May or, you know, and in to 10 cities or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And now we're down to just the one tour. We really don't have another right. tour that comes through. So having only 10 cities is it's really sad mm-hmm. to think that that's what's happened. Yeah. And I appreciated that this cast this year was more international, which yes. I think probably drew some of the audience there it was great to have um, some, you know, Satoko and Luna and Piper and Paul on this tour. Yes. Which by the so. way, I did get to see Piper and Paul Daphne and they said hello. Um, it was nice <laughs> to see them, not virtually. That was the first comment Piper said. It's nice to see you, not on Zoom. Um, so, yes, and yeah. I was doing an interview, one of my interviews, and Paul came right over and said, hi, Gina. And I was like, hi, Paul. And I go, I'm actually doing an interview right now. <laughs> I said, um, and then I explained to who I was interviewing that Paul was on our podcast. And so, and he was like, yes. And he goes, it was so much fun. And so, but... Yeah. We'll ha- we'll definitely have them <laughs> back later this summer, hopefully, to talk about lots of things. They I've got so many ideas for interviews. We can't possibly do them all. Yeah. Um, there's just so many things that I... I mean, we've done some great interviews so far. Some mm-hmm. that are, like, not as... I don't know, on top of mine, we had the Reed sisters on, and I think that's one of my favorite interviews that we've done because... We got to talk a lot about their brother, Chris, and also mm-hmm. what they are both up to. I, yeah, there's so much I would love to do on the podcast. And you guys seem to like what we're doing, so we're just going to keep it going. Right. And if you always have an idea of who you would like us to interview, please let us know. Yeah, you And never I'll know. share that at the end of the podcast. <laughs> so we should jump right into our event results for this week. It was the Hollandist Trophy International. Um, it took place in Arena, New South Wales, Australia. And it was, again, it's kind of weird to say that it was a re- competition for last season, but it was. Yeah. So we will have those results in our show notes And also going on this week, um, not something that we're going to recap for you, but the U.S. Pairs Camp took place in Westminster, Colorado. Um, Naomi Williams shared some photos and clips from the first two days, and we'll have that link in the show notes so you can see some of the photos and clips from the camp. Um, I know everyone was kind of looking in to see what pairs were in attendance. Ellie Cam and Danny O'Shea and Valentina Palazas and Maximiliano Fernandez were two of the senior teams that did participate in the camp. Well, moving on to general skating news, the all event tickets for the 2024 ISU World Figure Skating Championships in Montreal are going to go on sale on June 15th. There is a pre-sale at 10 a.m. on Monday, June 12th. I'm so excited. As we've (laughs) talked about, we are getting the worlds that we didn't get in 2020. So I'm excited for the city of Montreal that they are getting to host this competition. I'm excited for the skaters who train there to have the opportunity to compete at a world where they train. And the skaters that I've seen from Montreal, the ones that train there, 
it really seems like it's a second home for them. So I think that this is going to be fantastic for them to get to do this. Yeah. Fans are really excited about tickets finally being on sale for this. I believe there is now a seating chart. I know people were wondering when they first announced it, there wasn't any seating chart to show um, price levels and where the judges would be. Because I know people like to make pick their seats based on what side the judges are on. Um, so I believe that's all out there now. And so, yeah, if you're able to do the pre-sale, um, I'm assuming you'll do that today when you're listening to this podcast or you'll be getting your tickets when they go on sale on June 15th. And we look forward to being there. We both are planning to be there. We were going to be there in 2020. And so we are both looking forward to being in Montreal a year, less than a year from now. I so know. It's, it's so like, exciting. What, nine months, eight or nine months. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will it's have a countdown great. on nine how months, long it is months, until. Yeah. yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. I'm excited. Yes. Well, news came out about Diana Davis and Gleb Smokin. Have, they have been released from the Russian Federation and they will now compete for the country of Georgia. The release request came from the Federation on May 22nd. Well, Georgia's Marisi Kvitalashvili has retired from competitive skating, was announced on Sport24.ru, and then he also made an Instagram post. Well, following the ISU council meeting in Budapest, which took place this past week, um, they confirmed on June 11th that Russia and Belarus skaters will remain suspended for now. Um, the next ISU council meeting is scheduled for October. Um, the ISU council said, quote, they decided to explore the feasibility issues with regard to potential pathways to implement the IOC recommendations within ISU sports. Well, response to this online has been relatively positive. There have been a, a bunch of posts also stating that in addition to the war, there should also be a, the ban in place due to the continued doping violations yeah. and that that needs to be addressed as well. Gina and I were talking before the podcast and I was wondering why it's not being handled at the same time. And I'm wondering if this is something that they're going to deal with after the ban is lifted. Um, you know, who yeah. knows at this point, but... It's going to be interesting because the Grand Prix assignments are going to come out and once again will not have Russian or Belarusian skaters on the list. And by the time October comes around, the Grand Prix is going to be starting. And so they're they're not going to be on the Grand Prix. I mean, I don't know how you can... You can't give assignments and then take them away from skaters who already have them. So I would think, based on this decision, that we will definitely not see them on the Grand Prix. Yeah, I agree, too. Um, I We won't see them this fall. Could we see them in the second half of the season, you know, after they meet in October? Yeah, possibly. I think, though, we everything has been the war. And mm-hmm. all of this is having to do with the fact that, you know, the war is still going on in Ukraine. I I feel like we're forgetting about, I'm like with everybody else, you know, the response online about the doping. 
I feel like that's just kind of, okay, not, we don't, we're not paying attention to it right now because the war is taking more precedent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, the war is horrible and that should be the focus, but I don't want us to, oh, okay, now the war is over. We're going to let them come back and we're going to totally, you know, just brush under the rug the doping violations. Um, I mean, we still have teams without medals. Um, mm-hmm. I was hearing, you know, when they were announcing the skaters at Stars on Ice, they announced Alexa and Brandon, I believe, as Olympic team silver medalists. And I, I said right out loud, and they don't have their medals. Yeah. I mean, so I sometimes wish we just don't forget. I, I wish we don't forget that. Just yeah. we need to, if we are bringing them back because the war is ended and things are better in in that sense uh let's let's go back and evaluate and look at the doping violations and i mean let's yeah. just go back to all of that and and look at that too and see yeah it's not resolved let them come right back yeah gina it's not resolved it hasn't no. been resolved yet Mm-mm. so these are things that are going to have to be addressed um mm-hmm. Whether they address it now or they choose to address it later, it's something that's going to need to be addressed. Yeah. Agreed. I think the more people talk about it and keep it in the discussion online, that's a good thing because it shows that it is not slipping by the wayside. People are still very passionate about it. And I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I I also think back to something when we had Megan Duhamel on to talk about payers She mentioned that when the Russians do come back, they're going to be, you know, one spot at Worlds for each discipline. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a full team and it's going to take time for them to build it back. And also all of the competitors over the past couple of seasons have been building up and getting better and pushing themselves. So let's move on to recent articles and interviews. So the ISU released a video with Junhuan Cha. And the cherry blossoms in Japan. That was a delightful little watch. Yeah, that must have been during uh, Worlds. Because I remember, or World Team Trophy, too. um, I remember Melanie getting to see the cherry blossoms in Japan um, during that time. So, yeah, that was a fun video. Well, Golden Skate's Judith interviewed Mila Rude-Breton and Nikolai Majorov about their new partnership. Daniel Tumensev was featured in an article on the U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone where he's talking about his job at SpaceX. Yeah, that was really cool. It, incredible, if you think <laughs> about it. To yeah. be the world junior champion in figure skating and then have this very cool job. Job. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, ahead of the U.S. Collegiate Championships, which is not until August... Um, U.S. Figure Skating did an interview with Goku Endo, and Goku is the reigning U.S. collegiate silver medalist, and he is a student at UCLA. And Javier Rea spoke with Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson for the ISU, and he talked to uh, Lila and Lewis about their outspoken support and allyship to the LGBTQI plus community. Well, Rockfur's Janet Lynn is still all smiles more than 50 years after the Sapporo Olympics. 
the Rock River Current did an article on a public appearance that she made oh. last this weekend to talk about her skating career. She also talked about tools for achieving excellence, self-discipline, self-governance, and what she thinks about how ice skating has evolved since she ended her professional career in 1982. There were approximately 200 people in attendance for her two-hour presentation. Wow. And she got a standing ovation at the start and the end of her presentation. I think that's pretty amazing. Very cool. So let's move on to our social media updates. Congratulations are in order. (laughs) Madison Hubble and Adrian Diaz got married in Spain on June 7th. Among those in attendance, Gabrielle Papadakis, who was one of Madison's bridesmaids, Guillaume Cizeron, Caitlin Hawaiik, Jean-Luc Baker, Laurence Fournier-Baudry, Nikolai Sorensen, Madison Chalk, Evan Bates, Marie France Dubray, Patrice Lauzon, Roman Hagenauer, Sam Schwinnard, Emmy Bronsard, Alexa Kinnear, plus her sister Olivia, and Jordan Cowan. There's yeah. tons of photos <laughs> and videos all over social media of that special day. Having watched Maddie since she was an intermediate ice dancer to where she is now, I'm just... This is just such a great day to celebrate her. Uh, yeah. We knew the date and uh, we knew Jordan was there. So we kind of were waiting for photos to kind of start appearing. And when they did, it was just so wonderful to see uh, Maddie looked beautiful. Adrian looked as handsome as ever. Uh, it just looked like it was a beautiful day. Um, it looked like the I am uh, family that was there enjoy themselves as well. So um, best wishes to Maddie and Adrian. Well, we have a little more wedding sort of news, but we wanted to share this because she, uh, Ava Pate was on our podcast, but Ava posted that she said yes to her wedding dress. Um, as you know, her and her partner, Logan Bai are engaged and they will be getting married next May. So very exciting for them. I always love when um, skaters are posting about engagements, weddings, and then of course the dress, picking out the dress. So congratulations news, to right? her on finding the dress. Can't wait to see photos of that. Yes. So the Ice Academy in Montreal announced that Layla Carnes and Liam Carr are a new ice dance team for Great Britain. They are training at the Ice Academy in Montreal, Ontario with Scott Moyer. Also, it's pretty exciting to see Caroline and Brendan Mullen. They are back on the ice after missing last season. They're a junior team that was building some momentum before unfortunate injury to Brendan took them out last season. They were getting up programs choreographed at the Michigan Ice Dance Academy. Nice. Well, we talked about the U.S. Pairs camp that was going on. Well, we have a new U.S. Senior Pairs team. Haley Scott and Blake Eisenhawk announced their partnership on Instagram. Uh, Blake announced it uh, this past week. Now, many people might know that Blake previously skated with Megan Wessenberg. Um, I believe they finished fourth at junior in juniors at the U.S. Championships. Um, I believe 2022 and Haley qualified for the ISP with her first partner, Nick Hubbard in junior pairs in the 2020, 2021 season before they parted ways after a season. 
Well, Georgia has been very busy with news, not only adding the ice dance team of Davis and Smolkin, but they have another new ice dance team, Maria Alieva and Yehor Barshak, are going to represent Georgia. So now they have at least three ice dance teams. And Luca Barulova has teamed up with Anastasia Matelkina, and they are a new pair team for Georgia. Madeline Miller and Zachary Grant are a new U.S. junior dance team that are going to be coached by Svetlana Kalikova. They train in Connecticut, and they'll also be skating on their home club of the Skating Club of Boston. So moving on with some additional dance news, Isabella Flores posted a GoFundMe last week to talk, um, to raise money to help pay a fee to the Belarusian Figure Skating Federation. They have requested $25,000 in order to release uh, Vanya Deskyatov, who is Isabella's partner. This brought up a lot of discussion in multiple ways. One, being money raised to go to the Belarusian Federation, which is a banned country due to the war. It brought up the connection to the war. It also brought up discussion around federations being able to recoup costs associated with the training of athletes that would like to skate for another country. This has happened before. Skaters have had to pay a fee. 25000 seems a little steep for someone who competed in like two competitions for Belarus. I'm not really sure about this. Um, and I do feel for those affected by this war in Ukraine and the thought that money's raised would end up going to support the war. I think that is terrible. I also, though, really feel for Isabella because she and Vanya have been working very hard. This has been a difficult situation for them. Getting this release, maybe it's time for the ISU to rule and make something, make a policy that will put a cap on the amount of money that can be requested and really well define the way that an athlete can go above the Federation to get a release because it's not really fair. Right. And wasn't Vanya, didn't Vanya and his brother like escape the war situation to come to the U S I might understand that correctly. Vanya's um, brother encouraged him to leave because things were getting quite crazy with all of the war. Belarus has supported this war that Russia has with Ukraine, which is why they're included in the ban. So this is a very difficult situation. If you would like to support Bella's GoFundMe to help get Vanya released, please feel free to do that. We also respect if you do not want to give a contribution because of the connection to Belarus and the war. It's a very hard situation all around. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first thing when I saw it was automatically, oh my God, I want to do anything to help uh, Bella and Vanya because um, 
you we know, know I, them. I, I, we know them. Yeah. I interviewed them. Um, and, but then I, you know, I totally didn't even think of the whole war thing. I'll be honest because, you know, Vanya, I saw Vanya here and I knew what, you know, the partnership that he had now started in his new life. And I really didn't even put in the whole thing about, well, Belarus and Russia and the war. I, I didn't even, you know, phase me. So I understand both sides of, of this. And, um, it's just so, I, I don't even have the right word for it, but to feel like that you, we have to give money to have a skater release so they can p- compete for another country. Like, we're buying it kind of feels like you're buying a person i'm buying vanya to skate for the u.s or you know and giving money so he can do that it just you've some of these little things that happen within our sport that kind of come out you know at times and i'm like why you know like this why yeah why how is that I don't know if it's like that in other sports too. I, I would be interested, but I I had no clue that there was money involved. I should know because money tends to rule everything. Um, but yeah, um, this has been going yeah. on for years. I know other skaters. One in particular getting released to skate for Hungary. That it was a similar situation. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to put an end to this process of holding skaters hostage. Yeah. Again, I, you know, it's one of those things that hides underneath, you know, in the behind the scenes, if you want to say that I just never assumed that there could be this money involved in things. I, you know, maybe like, again, it's something you don't want to think about, but, and you know, there's gotta be money involved. But when you see the, price tag put right out there that $25,000 if that's what has been the price for all of these other releases that's just crazy to me in some cases yes I know of one in particular (sighs) that was that was the amount of money that was requested yeah and again Vanya competed in two competitions for Belarus (laughs) two yeah he he and his former partner were representing Russia. Then they went and represented Belarus at two competitions. Yeah, it's I think it's time to have a bigger yeah. conversation. Yeah. I feel like we need to get the right parties around a table to have this conversation because it it would greatly help the sport to be able to to get to the bottom of this and answer these questions. And I get that it's probably some sort of skating political issue, not a political issue like a country, more of like a federation political issue that needs to be Mm -hmm. ironed out. And I'm hopeful that Vanya will get released and that he and Bella can really focus on skating this season. It must be really difficult to have to have these continued issues because i know they've been working on the release for a while yeah and they have so much potential um we saw that at the u.s championships so hopefully they'll be able to show that potential in international competitions this season well it's that time of the year 
where everyone is graduating, college graduations, high school graduations, and one we would like to mention is Marissa Castelli got her bachelor's in management from DeVry University. So we want to congratulate Marissa and all of the 2023 college and high school graduates. Absolutely. So another GoFundMe that popped up last week is for a member of the Ice Dance International family. Now, we had Doug Webster on earlier to talk about the Grace Tour. This GoFundMe is for Adam Kaplan. I was able to get some information from Doug from a post that he shared about what happened. Um, And Doug said, during our tour of Grace, Adam became ill during our second date in St. Paul, Minnesota on March 9th just three months ago. Since then, he has had multiple strokes, two open heart surgeries, battled a severe internal bacterial infection and organ failures, and is still in a hospital far from home in Chicago. Through it all, Adam has been a fighter, an athlete with a will to succeed, and now he's on the other side to recovery. A true miracle, and we are all in awe of Adam and his story. And if you want to read more about his story, you can visit the GoFundMe. We will include a link in the show notes. There's been a great outpouring of support for him. Um, Again, I did not know this had happened until um, another person had shared it on Facebook and I saw it. So I went digging for information so that we could share it on this week's episode. You know, it's the least we can do. Um. Again, I think when these GoFundMes pop up, it's incredible to see the outpouring from the skating community. Yeah. It shows what a small family we are and that we really can come together Yeah. and support one of our own. Yeah. I'm glad to hear he's on the other side now and on the road to recovery, but I can't even imagine, you know, you're touring and then you just, you come, become ill and then multiple strokes, two open heart surgeries, a severe internal bacterial infection, organ failures. I, I mean, you never you never see this stuff coming. Um, you never no, can predict you don't. with your health. Um, so, you don't. But, Sometimes things will happen. Yeah. And you're not expecting it. I had something last November that I definitely was not expecting. Right, right. Um, and ended up in the hospital for five days. It's... All you can do is try to take better care of yourself. And in this case, I don't believe that he could have done anything, anything different. Right, yeah. This was just going to happen. So we we here at This Week in Skating wish Adam the very best in his recovery. And, you know, we'll, we will continue to share this GoFundMe um, in our show notes for the next few weeks, just to keep it on top of mind for folks. Yes. Um, but moving on, we are going to go on to some program announcements. We do have updated lists on our website. You can go there and see as we add information. We have choreographers, music, you know, selections, whatever info we have, we are sharing it in that section so that you can be up to date on what's happening. Yes. And if you're a skater, coach, choreographer who would like to share 
programs with us ahead of you making an announcement yourself, feel free to do so. And we'll tell you how you can do that as well, because I believe our first program announcement I'm going to make, I did not see that announced publicly yet. Um, it may have been, and I might've missed it, but we got an email regarding this, but Valentina Palazas and Maximiliano Fernandez, their short program is going to be Rachmaninoff's Rhapsody on the theme of Paganini. And it was choreographed by Jim Peterson and Amanda Evora Will. And Jim Peterson and Amanda also choreographed their free skate, which they already announced, which is Top Gun. Um, but yeah, we got that in an email from Jim Peterson. So if you want to announce program music, you can do so again with us. We'd love to announce it. And I will be getting some of these up on the website today. I Some of these I did not have up yet, so I'm going to do that. Some of these just came in. Uh, Gina and I like to check social media before we go live with our podcast. We want to make sure that we're getting everything in that we can. Sometimes I'll even go back to the week prior just to check, did we mention that? <laughs> because I want to make sure that we're not overdoing it, but also make sure that if we missed it, we want to be sure to share it now. Layla Carnes and Liam Carr announce their rhythm dance. It's music music by the Eurythmics, and their free dance is Hit the Road Jack by Ray Charles. So every June, our photographer over at IDC, Harumi Akabane, goes to the Prince Mikasa Cup in Japan. It's how we start every season at IceDance.com when it comes to new photos. And some news has come out from that competition. Uh, the junior team of Sarah Kishimoto and Atsuhiko Tamura, they're skating their rhythm dance to Mr. Roboto by Styx, which is different. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm getting more and more excited by some of these selections because I'm realizing people, they took it to heart when we were talking about Think Outside the Box. Um, their free dance is to music from Pulp Fiction. Also coming out of that competition, Keiho Yamashita and Yuto Nagata, a.k.a. Team Keiho Yuto. Their free dance is to Anytime Anywhere, and I think it's by Sarah Brightman. This is a, a song that used to be really popular in skating, but we haven't heard it for a while. Mm. So it's kind of exciting to see yeah. that. And then a few dance teams were at the Paradise Coast Classic. Helena Carhart and Volodymyr Horovy. The rhythm dance music is to In Excess, and its selections are Never Tear Us Apart and What You Need. Two songs I remember very well from the <laughs> 80s. And then uh, Ukraine's Zoe Larson and Andre Capron are going to skate senior. Their music for the rhythm dance is I'm So Excited by the Pointer <laughs> Sisters. Just the Two of Us by Bill Withers and Grover Washington Jr. And It's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. I feel like I'm going to be singing along to that program. Yes! <laughs> exactly. That's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling so much more hopeful about music selections because as more come out, I'm realizing that people, like I said, are, they're not going straight to Prince or Madonna. They are thinking about other things that made the 80s as fun yeah. as it was. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's going to be one of those where we're going to be singing along, 
Mm-hmm. Upbeat. I feel like I hope a lot of these are upbeat. I know the 80s had its ballads too, but I just yeah. kind of want some upbeat stuff, maybe. Well, that's definitely upbeat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, moving on to our upcoming events for the week. Solo dance. There's some competitions. I know Daphne said solo dance is kind of um, having some competitions coming up in the coming weeks here. And next week, the Southport Summer Classic in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin is taking place. Yes. We'd love to have someone from the solo dance community come on and talk to us about the competitive season. So if you're interested, please reach out to us. Gina will tell you how to do that in just a couple minutes. Theater on Ice is coming up, and we may have someone coming on to talk a little bit about what makes Theater on Ice special. You'll remember a few weeks ago we had Pascal Denis come on and talk about Synchro. We're going to be talking about some theater on ice, maybe, in the next couple weeks. So watch for that. Gina, we've made it to the end of our planned content. Can you let folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, Twitter, at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We love your feedback or your questions. If you are someone from the solo dance community that would like to come on to talk about solo dance with us, or you are a skater, coach, choreographer that would like to share program information with us, or you just would like to share feedback or questions with us, you can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we receive via email and social media. This week, there was a bit of uh, support. (laughs) Yes. I was scrolling through what social media yesterday, um, Saturday, and came across Alexa Kinnearm's comment on the podcast with her husband, Chris Kinnearm. Um, She wanted everyone to check it out for her birthday. Saturday, June 10th was her birthday. And she said, my birthday gift is to, for you to listen to this podcast with my husband, Chris. So we appreciate Alexa sharing, um, the podcast with her followers on her social media platforms. And it definitely sounded like a proud wife, you know, promoting her husband there. Um, it was very cute. Yes, and we also had a comment from Skating Fan who said, Excellent podcast by This Week in Skating with Chris Canaram. Thank you so much for that. And Ice Coverage said, Daphne and Gina's entire podcast with Chris was excellent. Thanks to Gina, Daphne, and Chris. And Daphne, we got this comment. This is from, I'm going to pull it up because I want to read it to you. This is from a loyal listener in Japan. And first off, they said, sorry for my imperfect English. Hope it is understandable. But I am just one of thousands of Japanese figure skating fans and a not very enthusiastic and knowledgeable one. I'm just a general fan who's old enough that I first encountered figure skating on TV at the Sapporo Olympics in 1972. uh, Janet Lynn impressed many girls here at that time. Then I started watching major events of the sport. Your podcasts are pretty educational as I didn't really have a deep insight and knowledge about figure skating. 
Although I still don't know some of the skaters you talk about and have interview with, I enjoy learning a lot from your podcast. I didn't miss any of your podcasts during the first season and continue to be a loyal listener into the second season. Anyway, if I choose three figure skaters whom I would stay with at a deserted island, I would say Scott Hamilton, which she said, same as you, Gina, and Midori Ito and Exana Bayul. Ooh, that's cool. And she goes, I uh, just wanted to send a review. Also, by taking this opportunity, I want to say thank you for your interesting podcast. So she wrote a review and sent us this um, review comment. And so this was from Asami, a loyal listener from Japan. Thank you so much, Asami. We appreciate you listening to us and leaving that review. We do our best to bring the best content that we can to all of our listeners. Gina and I are are incredibly humbled by the support that we've received Mm -hmm. um, from everyone. And it helps us know that what we're doing is worthwhile and that you guys enjoy it. So please keep those comments and reviews coming. It's important to us. We feel, as I said, very humbled by mm-hmm. all of that oh, support. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Sometimes I, I, I say this, but I didn't even imagine that you know the support we would have, have received within this year. Um, it's just incredible. You know, I. When we started this, this was just going to be a little thing we were going to do. I didn't expect it to be this big. I didn't expect people to be listening to it um, as much as they are. And so this is great. And then we're going to continue to do you guys justice and bring you the best that we can bring you um, and use our two platforms with IDC and FSO to bring you a lot of coverage. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm... I'm speechless sometimes when, you know, we get these comments or emails that come in. It's just incredible and something I never expected when we started this. Yeah, me either. And I've been in podcasting for a couple of years now. (laughs) It's kind of still very surprising how it works. When we're releasing an episode, I think we know that people listen, but we're not really thinking about that. When we're recording, we're focused on bringing the content and it's just great to hear from everyone. It Mm -hmm. really, it really is. Please keep those comments coming. Yeah. Well, we like to end our podcast by shining a lens on what's going on over at our respective websites. New at IDC, Mateo talked with Sarah Hurtado, Kirill Haliavin about the SK school that they have in Spain where they're training up-and-coming ice dancers. It was a great article and a and a cool look into what they're trying to do there. Um, the new team series is going to resume this week, so that article will be up on Tuesday. And in addition to Stars on Ice photos, Harumi's picks from the Prince Mikasa Cup are also coming. So we're very excited, and things are starting to pick up and be a bit busy. And next week, I'll talk about a milestone. Yeah. So, Gina, what's going on over at FSO? Well, I posted my first interview. Now, I did two interviews while I was at Stars on Ice. They were both quick. I didn't have a lot of time with both athletes, but the first one is up. It was with Luna Hendricks, and she talks about 
getting the opportunity to um, perform in North America and a little bit about her season and looking ahead to next season. Um, I did not get program information from her. I tried, um, but I have a feeling it is going to be coming out soon. I think she might have said July is when she's planning to announce it. But she just looked like she had a really good time at Stars on Ice. So that interview is up. Um, By the time you're listening to this podcast, my review and review for Stars on Ice should be up. I'm just finishing it up. And then I have one more Stars on Ice interview to come. It's a really quick one. I only had maybe about five minutes with this um, athlete, but I was able to talk to her and, there's a hint, her, and get some um, thoughts on performing in Stars on Ice, but also on her past season. So yeah, stay tuned for that. So we had a lot of positive response to the mailbag episode that we did about a month ago. So one thing we're going to do probably for the summer is end our podcast going forward with a question or two from our Twiz mailbag. Um, So if you have something that you'd like to know, please, you know, you can email us or contact us the way that Gina explained just a few minutes ago. And we'd love to be able to answer it for you. It can be a skating question. It can be a question about the podcast. can be a question about what we think um, about any, you know, pretty much anything skating related. So please go ahead and send that in. Yeah, we did have, and this was before we even started about talking about doing a mailbag question after each podcast. Um, But one question that did come up was about Allen, Texas for Skate America. And that is something, um, I did respond back to that person, but that is something that's on our radar. We're going to talk a little bit more about Allen, Texas. I think we're going to kind of wait until tickets go on sale for that, for the, like the general public. We'll do a little more about Allen, Texas and, and stars on ice. But that was a question that someone came up and asked us because they had heard that Daphne had been to Allen Alan was announced to Skate America, and so they had some more questions about that and wanted to know would we do a, like an episode or answer their questions. So we we said, yep, we're going to be doing that. So those types of questions are great to ask us if you want to ask us questions about competitions, um, you know, things that we might know that um, to help you prepare um, for going to a competition if you've never been to one um just you know anything you want to ask us we'd be happy to try to answer that for you one thing too we are looking into getting some this week in skating swag and maybe that one item the first item that comes out may be the best item for figure skating fans i'll just leave it at that yes I think it's going to be very helpful. I think that's going to be our first item that we're going to release. Yes. So watch for that in the next week or two because we're we're working on it as well as a Patreon. Um, we've got some cool thoughts about what we can have on our Patreon. So yes. Anyway, with that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks everyone for your support and for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week!